Well, good morning. It is encouraging to be uh, with you today. It's a, uh, after skipping a week, I guess we just do that now. A little flurry forecast and was canceled all 18 inches. Things. Yeah, 18 inches, that's right. Uh, Pray for snow, y'all. <laughs> but we are here, and we're here together today, yeah. and that is, uh, that is wonderful. And as we get started this morning, I want to um, acknowledge some, some folks. We have a, a, spe- it's a special day in the life of our church for a lot of reasons, yeah. but one of them is the uh, Pastoral Leadership Collective Season 5 kicks off today. Uh, if you have been a part, and I've seen people that have been a part of it, if you've been a part of the PLC um, in the past, previous seasons, would you stand up? Boom, boom, boom. Awesome. Back here, here. Praise God. And this year, um, y'all can be seated. This year, we have a, a handful of folks that have accepted the call to do this, um, to go through this uh, process. And so, uh, Derek Schlender, if you guys are, if I call your name, would y'all, yeah. y- y'all would just up, come yeah. down to the front. Derek Schlender, Adam Hall, Brian Pafford, Alex Hoffman. That's all right there. All right. And uh, Travis Bush. Travis is actually a pastor of Summit Church in uh, uh Gorham, Maine, but is a part of PAC. And if you remember, we've talked about PAC over the uh, last several months, uh, the Partnership of Associated Churches, and part of being a part of PAC is coming through the Pastoral Leadership Collective. And so, Travis, we are grateful for you um, flying down here and being a part of this today. We're grateful for you guys uh, jumping in with both feet uh, on this. And we also have a very special guest right here. Uh, Jason Hermesdorfer is with us this morning. Uh, Jason used to come occasionally. Uh, He was part of our church for a long time. But uh, Jason's actually the Partnership of Associated Churches director, executive director. And so it's exciting to have uh, him with us today as we kick this thing off. And um, so pastor, should we pray for these guys? And a word to our church real quick about these gentlemen. Um, One, uh, find Travis Bush and uh, say hey to him before uh, y'all leave. Uh, follow his church on social media and who he is and be praying for them. Uh, and then as far as uh, the men here of the Axis, uh, part of us showing them to you and praying over them, um, part of that is so that you know who they are, so that you know who to be praying for and who to be expecting more of. Um, and so these, these men are going to be having some increased weight on the trailers of their lives um, they're going to be weighted down with some, some good teaching. And, uh, and, and as we present them to you in this training process, we're asking uh, that you have eyes on them and that you pray for them and that you seek ways of encouraging them along the way. We'll be finishing up in May um, with this season. So lots of work that they're going to have on their shoulders. So pray for them and uh, in the right ways expect more um, from at least these four men and Travis from afar. So let me pray for you all. Thank, thankful for you all. Looking forward to today. Um, Father, thank you for your faithfulness, um, Lord, to our church, Lord, and to Summit Church. Lord, this is a reflection of your steadfast love and faithfulness to our churches, Lord, to our cities, Lord, this intentional discipleship effort, Lord, of, of training and equipping and making these intentional disciples who will in turn make disciples, who make disciples. Lord, teaching them in the truth 
of how to rightly divide your word, which is truth. Lord, give them the, the strength and, and intellect and, and will to persevere through these next several weeks and months. And Lord, be with their families. Lord, be with their, their finances. Lord, their homes, their cars. Be with all these different variables that can often, Lord, so easily overwhelm us. Um, and Lord, help them be very faithful in these matters. Um, Lord, develop them, grow them during this time. Lord, so that they would increase the health of our city spiritually uh, and with the gospel, saturating it. In Christ's name we pray, thanking you for your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, this morning is the final uh, week of our Vision Sunday series that we've called Why We're Here. And if that slips your mind, you can just look on the big wall behind us. That's what uh, why we're here has been, uh, been up here for a while. Uh, but it's not been easy getting uh, through these weeks. We've had um, several kind of bumps along the road, but by God's grace, we are here. And by way of reminder, we kicked off the year with week one of why we're here, talking about the priority of the Bible in the life of a Christian. In fact, you can still get the reading plan. The cards are on this back table, so take advantage of those. And uh, it's, it's, I'm already getting, it's already filling up. It's kind of exciting. And I have I've used the wrong pen, so it's now bleeding. You know, I'll mark, I'll mark a little dot, now I'm seeing little dots on the page. So I got to, yeah. But grab that. It's not too late to start. And just choose wisely with your pen. Remember that uh, Jeremy wasn't feeling well um, that particular weekend. And, uh, and so he preached via... Uh, video that morning. Um, and it was really about the impact of the scriptures um, that lead to a personal transformation into Christ-likeness. This is essential for why we're here and, and, as, as individuals, but it helps all of us. It's core to, um, to the mission and message um, that we try to, uh, to, to uh, proclaim and to get across. During our second Sunday together, you heard from the elders as we uh, encouraged and exhorted and admonished the church to lean in and to watch your inputs. Uh, what's, what, what, is, uh, what is attracting you and what are you leaning on for information? Uh, to fight the drift, um, to shine as light in a dark and twisted world. In a real way, this is about relational transformation that distinguishes Christians by the way that we love one another. That's how uh, Christ said we would be known, by the love that we have for one another. That's the mark of a true disciple, and that's why we're here. Last week, uh, we experienced some technical difficulties with the weather. It didn't gather, so we're finally here on week three of why are we here. And we want to talk about the plan uh, for us, the, the, for our church moving forward as we go into 2022 and beyond, because this is really about cultural transformation. It's about us working together to make it hard for people to get to hell for Middle Tennessee. And this is why we're here. So the context of all of this can't be divorced from God leading Pastor Jeremy and his family to plant a church right here in this place 13 years ago to purchase this particular facility and to be in this location in Germantown at this corner. Um, and it can't be divorced from what we've been experiencing over the last several months. Um, so let's direct our attention to the side monitors and remember the kindness that God has shown us over these last several months. Oh, 
on fire was thrown through a church window overnight. News Channel 5's Hannah McDonald tells us how detectives believe video evidence may be key to solving this investigation. At Axis Church in Germantown, the pastor believes a fire overnight was sparked by a Molotov cocktail. A security camera inside may lead investigators and the church to who made this mess. It's covered. Yeah, you can walk around and see it. It's, it's everywhere. Smoke cloaks about every surface inside Axis Church after a fire Monday night. This is strange. Um, you know, we've been here 12 years. Uh, and there's been nothing, nothing like this happened to us. A camera in the lobby captured what Pastor Jeremy Rose believes was the intentionally set fire in his church. Because at first it was just an electrical fire um, until the video, and then that's when I'm like, okay, this is different. It serves me as a reminder for the mission of our church of like why we're here to begin with. The church was founded in Germantown for a reason. To befriend uh, a people that are often very overlooked uh, and marginalized in a lot of ways. Rose says this fire could be a cry for help. Uh, we all uh, carry angst and frustration through different things that we go through every day. And when that burden gets heavy, some resort to food, some resort to violence, some resort to pharmaceutical drugs, illegal drugs. When the dust settles, the church will welcome whoever is responsible for the fire. I want our friend to know there's a happier way to go about life than harming because other people or other things. The smoke damaged the floors and walls. The church does not have ill will toward the person responsible, but rather feel motivated to continue their mission of guiding people on a better path here in Nashville. The leadership team hopes to meet them and encourage them to become a part of the church. This is a, a world that has all kinds of problems. Everybody has problems and difficulties that they, they face. But Psalm 37.7 reminds us to wait patiently for the Lord and to trust in the Lord and to not fret and be anxious when bad things happen and when people do bad things. It's just part of it. That's why we're here. That's the promise of the kingdom coming that is going to make that right. Well, when someone did tossed the Molotov cocktail through our front window into the lobby of our facility on the evening of September 14th of last year. I didn't know how much that event um, would anchor us even further into the soil of Nashville. Uh, I woke up that morning, um, had dozens of missed calls, so many voicemails, uh, lots of text messages, um, and every, in every way possible, it just didn't seem real, you know. Um, it felt like someone was, like, playing a trick on me, a uh, collaborated effort, a uh, pretty good one, uh, to get me to drive down in the middle of the night, see if I was that gullible. And, uh, but I had do not disturb my phone, so I didn't see any of these notifications until I woke up that morning. And if you're wondering, that's kind of sick that you would expect someone to do something like that. You've never been in youth ministry? Um, <clears throat> As a youth pastor for 14 years, those sorts of things happen often, and you, you fall prey to a lot of other people's laughs. But um, I didn't want to take the bait and uh, look a fool to their trick, and so I drove down here first before I returned any phone calls. And uh, man, when I got here to the property, uh, a wave of reality just flooded me. Um, still seeing the smoke in the air, the residue still floating around, 
the glass, of course, on the ground uh, from the shattered window, the noise of two beeping smoke detectors, one in the kitchen area, one in the what was the mother-baby room, and of course the empty building. By this point, uh, the fire department and all the investigators have left the property, so I was just here by myself um, in shorts, t-shirts, and a t-shirt and a flip-flops, uh, walking around glass. Um, Pastor Derek showed up, Lindsey Hamilton showed up, Jordan Hyman showed up. All, I was really surprised that they did, um, and it uh, meant a lot. Then the phone calls began to go to insurance companies and trying to make sense because at first it was electrical fire, calls about the cord getting warm under a rug. Um, as a seasoned electrician, uh, that's not normal. That doesn't happen like that. Um, and so we found the security video and realized there was more to the story. So then I called back the FBI, which was one of the phone calls I missed, which that's why you kind of don't believe it. It's like, sure, you're the FBI. Special agent went to ATF. Right, right, right. that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, so it looks like it was a crime. I sent him the, the video, and man, the, the, the building fills up with people. Um, and the bottle that they kicked around <laughs> suddenly was handled with nice gloves and pictures and video and canister. They were placing it in for evidence. Uh, but all the representatives, the different branches, the fire chief, all these people begin showing up. ServPro comes in like angels. Um, and then the local news media comes in asking questions, wanting to know how we felt about this and what exactly happened. And it was then that we unintentionally stumbled upon the theme that you see behind me um, for this year's ministry plan of why we're here. As you heard on the news there, it's like we kept reiterating, this is why we're here. I mean, we're, we're here and we're needed here because this sort of violence still exists. And if these things stopped happening, if violence was no more and everyone cared for each other the way that they should, by definition, that would be pretty close to the culture of heaven. But we're not there yet. Therefore, the mission must continue onward. The church must exist. Because these things exist, it requires that the church be here and be active on mission. It proves that we need to be here. It's very affirming. And in a sense, going through September, little did I know how much it would settle us even more deeply here in Music City. And there's still so many people who are trying to, who, who believe that the way forward uh, in figuring out life and trying to, to figure out the way forward is to do things like this, is to toss bottles into buildings and be cruel and hateful to others abuse substances and hurt other people. And all around the world, Christians all around the world, our job on mission is to point to a better way to deal with the pressures of life. But a lot of people don't know of the better way. And so they do this. That's why we don't hate them. We see the bigger picture. There's a disconnect between where they are and how life works best. And we, ambassadors of reconciliation, are to be the ones that helps speak of that gap between the two, not knowing how to handle the pressure and at peace with life and in harmony with others. And that is the gospel. It's Jesus. There's nothing else. And so we all experience these burdens in life. We all experience the pressures as we live life. And we all want to and sometimes do, if we're honest, resort to our own Molotov cocktail moments which is just an illustration of us dealing with the pressures of our own life on our own. But there's a better way. 
The gospel tells us that Jesus Christ, the literal son of God, that he entered into our time and space 2,000 years ago. He stepped into history that he created. And he came because he was sent by his father on a mission out of love. And rather than showing up to us to retaliate against us or to condemn us or shame us or judge us, that's the only reason God should ever give us attention here on earth is to straight judge us. And no one is righteous. It is hopeless. There's no reason to expect anything else from God except wrath and judgment. And that is justified. And that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is what Jesus did. He came to forgive. He came to free us from the sin that disqualifies us from the relationship with God, our creator, that we should have forever, but sin totally jacks that up. He came to deal with that. He came to deal with our pressures, our stresses, our anxieties, our fears, and our sin so that we wouldn't have to deal with those things on our own. You know this most likely. The most popular verse in all of scripture around the world is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you and anybody else, anybody else, don't put limits on who Jesus can change. Don't pray for someone's destruction because they're so hateful to the world and hostile to humanity. Pray for their conversion. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge it, condemn it, shame it, and give his wrath towards it. The complete opposite. He came to endure all that himself so that we would not be condemned but in order that he might be, the world might be saved through him and whoever believes in him is not condemned and now Christian we get to tell other people about the real Jesus and show people the real Jesus and that they too can learn a better way that's why we're here and I want you to see this, as one of your pastors, I want you to see this not merely as the ministry plan for 2022 for your church. I don't want you just to see this as something that your church is doing, that your church has this mission. I want this to be your mission. It's not enough, I don't believe, to identify with the mission of your church and borrow its language and borrow its mission. You need to adopt this mission as your own. I mean, think about this to the Christians in the room. Why, why are you here? Like, not on a Sunday in this building, okay, but why are you alive today? If you're a Christian, you've been radically changed by the sheer mercy and grace of God. You've been made alive by the power of God through the Spirit of God Almighty entering into your heart, stopping your eternal funeral, making you come back to life, and then putting you on mission. What is that mission? What, you've been saved for what? Why aren't you already with him? Why are you still here? Do you think about this? Like, what is your purpose? What do you think the divine has for you today, tomorrow, with the rest of your life? It's not just to be comfortable and have money. It's not just to be nice and sweet to people. What is your mission? Have you thought about this? I mean, Christian, you are alive today 
And you are here to make much of the God of the Bible. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The sender of the Messiah. The one who wants to be with you forever. You're to make much of him. You're to make famous the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and live out the way that he lived his life. And you're to lean in to the strength of the abiding and faithful Holy Spirit that provides you with the energy and strength and courage needed to fight sin and strive after holiness. And so as a Christian, as a disciple, you're here to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we don't make disciples just to expand our cool friend circle or add people to our church. We're here to see the kingdom of God populated and the kingdom of darkness robbed of the people they thought for sure that they had. And so as you're here living out this Christian mission, here's my encouragement to you. As you're living this out personally through the collaborated effort of the local church, I'm asking that you pursue healthy Christianity. Now here's how I consider healthy. There's a lot of things we could talk about this. But I, I want to I point out four things as far as being a healthy Christian. Because there's a lot of unhealthy Christians. And it makes the God of the Bible look ridiculous and mean and cruel. And Jesus, great to be ignored. So hold fast to these four things. One, read Scripture every day. And seek to obey Scripture. Read Scripture every day. You are not strong enough to live off the meal of a Sunday morning service by the time you get to Monday morning. Don't expect it to carry you throughout the week. Eat it like the children of Israel did in the Old Testament, like manna every day, every day, in the Word, every day. Read Scripture. Two, take the pain that you're experiencing in life and don't outsource it to the empathy that you find on social media posts. And don't take that pain and turn it into retaliation gossip. But learn to take the pain and the frustration of your life and the desires of your heart and make that pain into prayer. Say the same thing that you were saying on social media and to your friends about this gossip, about the situation, and just channel it to a different audience. Say the same words. If you curse to them, curse to God. He can handle it. He's real thick skin. He can take, actually, he desires your honesty more than anything you would ever imagine. Be honest with him in your prayer through your pain. Read scripture, turn your pain into prayer. Then three, pursue a, a humble, low, and gentle way about yourself as you confront people you disagree with about anything. The world has seen enough of hostile, angry, bitter, fearful Christians who do not engage with the spirit of Christ, which is gentle and lowly. The only words Jesus ever used to describe his nature are those two words. He didn't say, I'm strong and mighty. He didn't say, I'm this, that. He said, I'm gentle and lowly. That doesn't mean be a pushover, but it certainly doesn't mean be a jerk. So handle yourself carefully particularly with those you disagree with. And then four, live dependent upon God and his mercy, living a full-hearted life and an open-handed life. In other words, what you have, don't see as you're an owner, right, as much as a steward. 
So I'm holding these things, my talent, my schedule, my money, my gifts. Like, I'm holding these things, not just for me. I'm using them, but I'm also, they're available for others. So a steward of much, owner of little. So live full-hearted and open-handed. So read, pray, be careful as you disagree, and live full-hearted, open-handed lives. And the last thing I want to encourage you with perhaps as a little PS at the end of this, is as you're adopting this mission and, and as you do so, hopefully in a healthy way, is I'm asking you to ask God consistently in prayer to help you respond to others with the right tone. And this gets a little bit with that gentleness, but tone is so important because you can say the right thing in the wrong way and in a way you make it the wrong thing. I mean, we know so much is emotionally charged these days. As you process these emotionally charged moments in your life and the life of our country and world, do so in light of the gospel, in light of the scriptures, and in light of the love of God, seeing man's true need. Don't, don't, don't get so emotionally charged and like hit it head on and ignore the teachings of Christ. Engage in light of all that. Regardless of how emotionally charged it is, it gives you no right to speak to issues ignorant of the scriptures that Christians are to hold above everything else. Okay? So tone in this way matters. And then with kindness and gentleness and a gospel-informed love, you choose your words wisely and you engage carefully. And there's not a lot of Christians doing this these days here in America. This, too, is why we're here. Axis family, let's be known as brilliant, strong, informed people who show meekness and engage with gentleness because we can, okay? But a lot of that comes from us being settled and not so fearful, okay? So the church, the Christian church exists in part because these Maltov cocktail incidences still exist. And because there's darkness, it makes the light all the more relevant, we're here because there's far too many people who don't know of the better way. We're here because there's far too many people who aren't sure still how to process and move onward with life's pressures. Yet we know the better way, and we're to help them. And we're here because there's still so many who don't know the real Jesus. They've dismissed the Christian church. They've dismissed Jesus, but they've said no to a church and a Jesus that should not exist, that does not exist. We want to show them the real Jesus. And we're here because there's still so many lonely people looking for connection and abiding friendship. And we're here because there's so many in the city who belong to Jesus, but they just don't know it yet. And we get to tell them. And we're here because there's far too many people in our city going to hell. And that should shake us to our core. It is far too easy to get to hell from Nashville. And this too, this is why we're here. So I want Pastor Derek to take us a little bit further into what it looks like practically 2022, moving onward in this mission, all right? Pastor Jeremy, if our ushers would uh, go ahead and distribute the ministry plan, it should be right back there. And so uh, while they are doing that, I wanted to provide just a um, little bit of context uh, for for kind of what, what things are going to look like for the next uh, 12 months. And so, so first, as you're getting this, um, as you're getting this handout, um, 
we're using a, we're using some different terms. So we're using a term ministry plan for uh, for this instead of budget. Just there's nobody wants me to stand up here and talk about a budget. Yeah, that's bad. Um, but while it includes a budget, um, it's much broader than that. And it's really our church's plan in 2021 to set direction and help fund and show how we plan to fund the mission of the church. Has been said the gospel's free, but somebody still has to put in the plumbing. So I encourage you to, and that's funnier to me than it is to most people. <laughs> I don't, I always thought that was, and then I stopped and think about it, I'm like, I don't really know what that means. But I encourage you to take time and read Jeremy's letter in particular. So when you get this, you'll notice in the first, in the first two pages, um, there's an open letter to the church kind of related to this. And it's a lot of what we kind of talked about this morning, but there are other, um, there's some other things that are much um, they're very edifying, so I just encourage you to to dig uh, to dig into that. Um, you also it, uh, peruse the first few pages. Really, uh, the highlights on the highlights are on pages five and six. It includes one of my personal uh, favorites uh, this year is the uh, baptism of our uh, of our very own Darius. Darius, right here. Here he is. But if you'll if you'll recall that uh, that image is um, our first baptism after COVID and um, on Easter Sunday. And uh, so Darius' testimony is included in there. That's incredibly uh, edifying. Um, we love you, brother. Um, pages seven through 10 really describe uh, in um, how in 2022, we really want to devote more resources toward care and helps to grow in our grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus through equips and women's and men's events. A lot of this we're really trying to kind of ramp back up in uh, after coming out of COVID and thinking we're going to be able to function a little more normally. And then we've been dealing with um, the restoration. And so we really are excited about getting some momentum uh, with that again, expanding our um, ACs and DCs, our access communities and our discipleship cohorts uh, to join as a church, um, the partnership of associated churches. So to become a part, a contributing member of that uh, organization that was founded by uh, our pastor and then continue to expand our community impact through partnerships uh, with organizations like Project Connect and United for Hope and others that are there are ground level, like, like on the ground working with the kind of people that throw flaming bottles through windows, right? This is, this is, we're in this place and we want to partner with those who are close to the action that, that um, are good outlets for ministry and partners for ministry. We want to continue to right-size um, our ministry staff and our volunteer teams while providing more uh, training resources for our family ministry, for kids and youth, for communications, for security uh, events, and then continue to steward our building to reach more people and expand our partnership with 313, our uh, co-working space. And, and this is all possible by God's grace who works in us and through us as we give generously and we serve faithfully and we live humbly. And we all can take a step in one or more of these areas, and I'm asking you to prayerfully consider doing so. I also want to draw your attention to pages um, 11 to 14. Um, at the axis, we... Let me make sure I've got the right pages there. Yep. 
Uh, at the Axis, we have a history of, of designating giving at times uh, above and beyond our usual offerings to help may, maybe fund a specific thing uh, or a project. Uh, most recently, we had the Axe 2 campaign that was really a response to um, the, the, the economic uncertainty that came with the uh, coronavirus outbreak and the pandemic. Um, and, uh, and then before that, our kids' ministry expansion, we had some opportunities there. And before that was buying the building, and there was, you know, we had a fundraiser for kind of buying your chairs and those kind of things. But back in the day, we're not going to make you do that. We actually are going to get chairs. Right. <laughs> Maybe April now. Before, hopefully before Easter. Before, yeah. If not, we'll, have, we'll, get, we'll break out those uh, black folding chairs like we had at Christmas Eve again. Those were... Set down very gingerly in those. Though. Oh, I don't, don't plop down. I don't in that. trust those chairs. Much. Those chairs. I realized why they were so affordable. <laughs> it improves your squat. <laughs> Hold it. You're, you're very tense <laughs> when you sit down on those things. But this year's ministry plan is designed to cover all of these and even provide resources for unforeseen needs that may come up in 2022 that we want to build into the plan itself. And I think what really jumped out at me this year um, was the response of um, sister churches and organizations to what we went through and how many churches just out of budget sent thousands of dollars to help us cover uncovered expenses, um, to provide for needs that we had. It was, it was over, it's overwhelming um, and, uh, and continues. And I, I just remember we had several conversations and the governance team, I, we want to be, I, I want to be that church. I want to be the church that when a tornado comes through or when something happens, that we can respond generously that way. And we can say, hey, we want to give you something. We've, we've had some like unbelievable sized gifts. Like this was um, amazing that uh, what the Lord would, would do through the hearts of um, our sister churches that... I just, I just feel like we ought to be in a spot like that. And we ought to at least go for it so that when something like that happens, we can be one of those, uh, it's one of those pay it forward opportunities. And so that means that every gift given to the Axis in 2022 will be appropriately distributed through one giving channel. And that's going to fund all of our expanded ministry, our expanding benevolence um, needs, our expanding missions and mission agency organization opportunities, and uh, operation expenses. So the main four uh, categories you'll see on page 11 are gatherings, discipleship, mission, and ministry support. And we've worked hard to balance those priorities. You also notice on page 12 that our plan for ministry this year includes an expanded budget that beyond, goes beyond these four areas so that, as I mentioned a moment ago, we can be prepared for what God has next for us. We want to be good stewards and so the total um, giving goal for this year exceeds our operational financial needs. Uh, this margin will allow us to maintain healthy and appropriate cash reserve, expedite repayment on our mortgage, um, respond to unexpected uh, opportunities that we can help other churches and other folks in need, and position the, the Axis Church for some future expansion. And so finally, um, we're not asking you to pray I am asking you to pray about your part in this year's ministry plan. Um, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, maybe you can take a step financially. Maybe you could begin serving or even engaging more. 
please take some time to reflect on what you think God is leading you to do. A journey of a thousand miles always begins by taking a step. And discipleship and whole life generosity go hand in hand. As we go deeper into our relationship with God, we learn what it means to value him above all else. Maybe you've never given regularly before. I'd encourage you to take a step. Maybe you've never put yourself out there to be known and to know others. Take a step. Maybe you've never volunteered to help. Take a step. And maybe you have, and maybe you already are. Either way, there are powerful implications to this. We can do more together than we can do individually. It's a team effort. As Pastor Chairman and I were talking about this yesterday. Not like golf or tennis. Um, it's a team of others-loving people who combine our resources to do more, an army of God's grace and generosity. So let's at least determine to go on this journey together. And I wanted to get us all on the same page this year so that we could see kind of where we've been and where we're going and, and what that, um, how that all lays out and, and plays out. Um, because we're going to need each other uh, to accomplish the mission, to know, love, and obey Jesus and help others do the same. That's why we're here. And so if you're an Access Ministry partner, next Sunday night will be an opportunity for us to get below the hood and dig deeper into some of these, um, the nuances to this, as well as some other uh, updates. Um, but uh, I I'm, I'm just encourage you to, to pray with us and for us and to jump in. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, Derek. <clears throat> and uh, Derek and Lindsay and Sydney and others, I know, um, have worked so hard on getting this together. And it's beautiful. And it's uh, Thank you for your hard work, Pastor Derek. And um, <clears throat> a couple things I want to point out. He pointed out some important things. I'm going to point out some non-important stuff. I don't know. It's kind of important. But they're fun. You know how, like, in Disney movies, you can always find the Mickey Mouse ears somewhere in other random Disney films? We have hidden Disney... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> on, <clears throat> on page nine, uh, if you notice that picture that spread across, um, that was our first gathering after the lobby incident. Um, and I didn't even notice it uh, until it was pointed out to me. So don't miss that. And that was, everybody kind of brought their own camp chairs, you know, because <laughs> all of ours ended up getting tossed. Um, and then on page 15, a couple things here. One, I've never played the guitar in my life. <laughs> so don't think anything about that. Two, that's an ACDC shirt, which stands for Access Communities and Discipleship Cohorts. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking. And don't tell my mom that I wore this shirt in church, <laughs> okay? Um, but anyway, um, looking forward to this year. But here's a word of caution as we continue on. It's going to tie into our time of the Lord's table and communion this morning. Um, we could accomplish wonderful things. We could collect a lot of money, put a lot towards mission. We could change a lot of the city of Nashville this year and do it without the Holy Spirit's presence at all. We could do magnificent things for the kingdom of God without the king of the kingdom of God. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Jesus writes a future letter to the church in Ephesus, and he says things like this, I commend your faithful endurance. I love the way that you know how to discern false teaching and address the false teachers. I love your love for one another. It's beautiful to see how you care for one another and hold right and fast to the truth. 
And this is where you, this might spark something that you've heard before. And this is the passage. But you've abandoned your first, you've lost your first love. You've abandoned the love you've had at first. And when you get down into the, the nerdy Greek syntax of this, what it means literally is you've lost the reason why you were doing all this to begin with. Motive. You've forgotten. And he tells them, return to your original motive. And then he says, and get right back after it. What they were doing was great, but they had lost the ultimate why. Jesus, brilliantly, the night of his arrest, before his bogus trial and crucifixion, he brought his disciples together and he washed their feet, including the traitor Judas. And he served them communion, including his traitor Judas. And he told them this one thing as he gave them bread and juice to remember his life and his death. And you've seen it across many communion tables. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, Jesus says, remember me. As we go forward from this day into 2022, not knowing what we're going to encounter, the wins, the losses, the celebrations, and the mournings and laments, let us not go a day without remembering the anchor, the root. Like, let's, let's not move on beyond the ultimate why. Otherwise, you just do it because. The Christian life becomes habit. The Christian vocabulary becomes just memorized. And you end up reading the Bible, forgetting why, praying, forgetting why, loving your neighbor, forgetting why, and you do it totally disconnected. Therefore, powerless. As Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Forgetting our wives, severing us from the vine, and he's the vine where the branches. In order to stay connected, vibrant, with good nutrition, we have to stay connected to that why. And so each week, we intentionally as a church choose to take communion together so as to connect us with our ultimate why and how we're here. So Jesus Christ came and died, and he wanted a picture of that to be bread and juice. Bread is symbolic of the life that he lived as our representative. The juice, even its color, symbolic of the blood that he shed. Bread, he was our representative in his perfect life, canceling out our life of active sin. The blood, the juice, the wine, symbolic of the blood that he shed as he died on the cross, suffering as our substitute, absorbing the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin. He does this so that we can now experience life in Christ, life in him, knowing that we've been approved, perfectly accepted. No matter having to check a checkbox to make sure that we match up, we matter, we're good because of Christ. And now we get to go live in the fullness of what it means to really live. Right? So we want to do this even today, remembering what Christ has done. And as we move forward tomorrow, remembering. Tuesday, remembering. Let's constantly fight to remember Jesus and the ultimate why of why we're here. Let me pray for our time. We're going to have communion servers on either side. We've got a self-serve station in the back. We've got pre-sealed communion cups for those who prefer that. We've got bread that you're going to take and dip and taste, remembering Jesus. 
These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Father, we have the joy of proclaiming the mystery of this faith, that your son, Jesus Christ, has died, he's risen, and he's coming again. Thanks be to God, our Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be on this time of remembering, on this time of communion. And Father, Son, and Spirit, would you remain with us always, even until the end of the age. Amen. Christian, when you're ready, I invite you to come and take remembering Jesus. You can come when you're ready.